Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello, mate. Hello. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, really good. I'm actually over the moon because this is a bonus episode. So we're doing three episodes this week. So it's just more Zoe Georgia. I know. Are you sick of us? Anyone (laughs) sick of us yet? No, I'm joking. (laughs) Hopefully not. Um, Good week so far? Yeah, good. Um, Actually, the subject that we're going to be talking about today, I've been thinking about a lot. Because I'm back to work and, you know, I'm not getting to spend as much time with the kids. Not so much Axel, you know, he's at school. I'm used to him not being around. But Gigi, like, she can't, she can see me, but she can't touch me. So Mm. I'm trying to make the most of those little windows, like in the morning, laying in bed, having a cuddle, reading a story at night, having a cuddle. And even just if I see her walk past, I just grab her and pick her up and give her a big kiss or something. I've um, seen that. On I really feel yeah. like this is like a massive bit of personal growth for you, George, actually, because um, mm. it's not something that we really discussed before. But I know that, you know, through certain comments that you've said to me and you're, you know, only child and like you're, you're a super sort of loyal, supportive, amazing, steadfast mate. But in terms of being touchy-feely or that affectionate, I know that that's not your sort of go-to. And I've been noticing on stories that you've been posting more of you and Gigi cuddling and, you know, you and Axel spending time. It's really nice to see. Yeah, I think when, you know, like with everything, when it's taken away from you, I feel like you appreciate it more. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to this as well. You know, not being able to hug your mum or your dad or whatever over the last year or so you don't realize what you've lost until it's gone do you know what I mean and that Mm. that that human interaction and that human touch and yeah I'll openly say I'm not a huggy person but I think that's more I'm not huggy with people I don't know that's probably if we if we're going to differentiate it it's probably that and actually I'm more of a hugger than I thought I was (laughs) I mean, so we know you're a hugger. Full oh, stop. I'm literally like that. Kissing, kiss on the lips. Get on the lips. Let's cuddle you right in. No, we're really excited as well because this is a special episode of Made by Mamas, the podcast brought to you in partnership with Nivea's hashtag care for human touch initiative. Uh, so we're going to be speaking to a parenting expert today called Anita Clear. And um, she is, well, she's just really amazing in this whole area. Before we get into that chat, um, you've kind of touched on how you feel, touched on, oh God, there's going to be so many of those today, isn't <laughs> so there? So many puns. <laughs> about how you kind of feel about hugging um, with, you know, other adults. But what about how you felt about doing skin on skin with the kids and how you bonded in those sort of early months? Yeah, I think I look back on it and there's always that, you know, people having their opinions and saying, oh, you shouldn't cuddle too much and you shouldn't, you know, you need to put them down. Are you ever going to put that baby down? Yeah. Did you ever get those comments? And I think... Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, with Axel, looking back, I think I was so... I so badly wanted him to self-settle and I so badly wanted him to sleep and all of those things that I probably didn't cuddle him as much maybe Mm, but mm. weirdly he's the cuddlier one than uh, out of the two of them now which I don't know if there's any correlation but maybe it's just personality whereas Gigi I don't know if I knew that was it you know I wasn't gonna have a newborn again and I was very much like yeah I've got two children now and that's it I didn't Mm. I didn't put her down I I was constantly touching her and cuddling her and um 
Yeah. What What about you? Oh, I just, I'm just going to be one of those mums where they're just really embarrassed by me because I'm still trying to sort of climb inside them at the age of 15, probably. But I just, yeah, I'm from that family, you know, and I think it didn't really come naturally to my dad. He was always the one that was, you know, he, he came from quite a sort of formal background and his parents weren't around very much. So he, it didn't come very kind of easy to him. But obviously, you know, we had the most incredible upbringing. And, and as as time went on, he became such a softy. And my favourite memories of him, of, of me kind of sitting in his arms, even at like 16, 17, you know, and just like sitting on a chair with him and he would just envelop me in love and um yeah so I try and do the same thing to, to to my to my three as well you know I'm all over them all the time and it's probably a bit too much but I like touching and I'm just gonna put it out there if you meet me in the street I will cuddle you now we're allowed to okay and I've missed it I've missed it so much like I, I said in the chat when we recorded it earlier that I, I've got like I had a had a bit of an aching it's made me feel quite low not having that actual physical connection over the last year and a half so yeah I'm glad yeah. it's back and there's so much research into the importance of touch as well which I'm sure Anita is gonna touch on um <laughs> god boom, boom. yeah let's get into it thanks so much to uh, Nivea for getting involved in today's podcast we are over the moon for their hashtag care for human touch initiative time to get into the chat with Anita So we're absolutely thrilled today to be discussing this subject with this incredible woman. She is a parenting coach. We were debating whether to call her a parenting expert, but basically (laughs) she knows everything around parenting. And um, today we're going to be talking about touch to the wonderful Anita Clear. Welcome. Uh, Obviously today's um, podcast is sponsored by Nivea as well. So we're really excited to have you on today. Anita, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. No, it's a joy. It's a treat. So we're obviously here to discuss Nivea. Nivea's hashtag care for human touch initiative which is all around inspiring people to get more human interaction into their lives again and um, this is obviously in all of our minds at the moment after the past 18 months we've been avoiding touch what impact has that had on our children well it's really interesting isn't it because we've spent the last year year and a half telling children that they're not safe to touch things Mm. and reversing that is going to take a little bit of time because the brain learns to feel safe in certain circumstances and we can't just expect them to jump back into you know willingly hugging people some of them will some children will absolutely just go straight back to that and others are going to be a bit more wary so I think the key message is letting children go at their own pace and you know play is the best therapy that we can have there play is how children work out their worries and understand the world so if we can you know start putting them in situations where they're playing a bit more then they'll naturally start you know in a game to start touching things and start touching people but I wouldn't be pushing them to hug granny if they're a little bit reluctant and using something like lotion is a lovely way to do that because it's it's very tactile for them to feel it in their fingers and and one thing I would say for parents is get your children to put lotion on you you know so that it's not just putting it on themselves they can put it on you they can touch it they can feel it it's sticky um, and combine that with stroking and just get them used to enjoying that sense of of touching people again rather you know because we have plugged so much anxiety in and it matters 
that children get that sensory sort of stimulation, but also the closeness that that, that, that promotes. So anything that we can do to release the fear a little bit and reintroduce the pleasure around touching for children is a really good idea. Yeah. And you know what? We've actually heard that quite a lot on Made by Mummers. People have been sending us messages saying, you know, we're now meeting up and we're, we're, we're going around to family members' houses and having gatherings in the garden and various things. And our, our child is turning up and, and almost being quite shy and then sort of, you know, aunt, auntie Joan or whatever's coming over going, oh, can I have a cuddle? And they're going, get away from me, auntie Joan. But obviously, <laughs> you know, it's, we're sort of, we're laughing about it, but actually there's a, there's a bigger issue going on there. So how do we encourage our children to get back to touching, to hugging, to being affectionate again? Well, my advice for auntie Joan is sit still. <laughs> Just yeah. sit down on the sofa and do something interesting. So pick up a book or pick up a toy or and the, and allow a child to come to you. Because if you're sitting down as an adult, you're not very threatening to a child and they've got choices. They can come up yeah. to you and they can start engaging. And especially if it's a book, because children will then end up just sidling a little bit closer or getting a little bit closer because they want to see the pictures. So rather than us going to the children as adults, it's letting them come to us and maybe being still and and just sort of suggesting that maybe if auntie joan comes to your house and she's not quite so you know smart at picking that up saying oh why don't you sit down with a book and i'm sure he'll come over or she'll come over to you yeah and what about like leading by example so like you know if i turn up at my mum's house and i give her a big cuddle will the kids seeing me doing that make them think oh well mum's doing that so that's all right I want to do that too or does or do they not really notice that kind of thing oh they definitely notice that's social learning and they watch what you do and especially if you're really positive about it so if you've got a big smile and say things like oh mum I've really missed giving you a cuddle and you're really positive then they will notice that they doesn't mean they'll do it straight away but that message will go in you can also get them touching other things so or playing with hair so you know how like, children love playing with hair or stroking teddies just get them used to doing a bit more touching in general and that also might help them just overcome that little bit of of fear that they've accumulated mm. and it's not just really about children I mean if you take take a look at what we've had to go through over the last 18 months and you know Georgia and I had a, had a conversation when we were sort of coming out of lockdown again and she was like I'm just not sure if I'm ready and I'm not sure if I'm going to hug you when I see you and I was like well I'm going to get you right in for a proper squeeze because that's that's who I am but it's really important for adults as well to have that human connection that human touch isn't it oh and you know so many adults have missed that but I think we respond to these situations differently don't we and some people are reluctant and it takes longer for some of us to come out of that kind of situation than others and we have to be respectful as you said to other adults who might be feeling a little bit wary as well as to children and and to allow people to do things in the way that they want to do them I mean to be honest I think I've never been a hugger you know like oh George you are (laughs) no I am to certain people like to you yes of course to like my family yes of course but if a stranger approaches me open arms I'm a bit like "Mm, yeah probably not not sure about you let's build up to that (laughs) why is it so important to have that human touch and that and that human kind of skin on skin um there's obviously been so many sort of um I guess, sort of surveys or bits of research that have been done on it. And we're obviously taught that, you know, from the word go, as soon as we give birth, that skin on skin is really important for bonding. But obviously some parents don't get don't get to do that for whatever reason. 
Yeah, so the skin-on-skin contact, particularly with a newborn baby and, you know, for new parents, it's been shown to release oxytocin, um, which is basically our love chemical. So it promotes bonding. And that's the same whether, you know, it's a a mother or a father or any adult who's having skin-to-skin contact with a child. We will get that that hit of a, a love chemical. And it helps us to tune into our children. So we're more likely to kind of respond to our children's cues and read them better if we're having some skin-to-skin contact because we're getting a lot of rich developmental information. But you're totally right. It's not a kind of, you know, once-only opportunity. Promoting bonding and promoting attachment is something that happens over time. So I really wouldn't want anybody who wasn't able to do that, you know, with a newborn baby to feel like, well, that's it. I've lost that opportunity. We know that attachment is a process. It's a, a pattern of interactions over a long period of time and there are lots of things that go into that so you know although that skin to skin contact straight away is important if you haven't had it then equally some touching and stroking later on will continue to promote bonding and so do you kind of think that you know from the newborn stage obviously as much skin to skin as you can if you can if you know your situation allows but as they get older I mean for me like when my kids get out of the bath maybe something to do with the fact that they're clean and they're not getting snotted Um, But, you know, like I wrap them up in a towel and, you know, I've probably just got a little vest on or whatever I've got on. And we have a really lovely cuddle after they get out of the bath. And I I love that. I live for those. I live for those moments. So we don't get peace and quiet and that kind of oh just escape very often. Mm. Um, So do you think throughout their, you know, throughout a child's life, that's really important? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's a, it releases those chemicals in their bodies, but it decreases the heartbeat. So the research shows when you sort of are touching a child, if you're one of their special people, it decreases their heartbeat and it stops the fear circuit. So they feel really calm and really relaxed. So you do get those lovely snuggly moments where they're not focused on, on other things. So it can really reduce the amount of stress that children experience. And, and that then builds into the relationship. And, and develops a pattern so that they're more likely to respond positively again when you touch them. And it's, you know, it's a virtuous circle. But I have teenagers and, you know, I still like to give them a snuggle if, they'll, <laughs> if I can catch them. Yeah, at the right moment when they really need you, when they're, when they're hungry or when they're tired, you're like that, yeah, get in for a cuddle. Yeah, um, when they're not looking, yeah. And I guess I guess it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when we are kids, we have this sort of unconditional um, need for it and desire for it and real want for it. And it's, it's, I find it so fascinating that as we get older, we start introducing these phrases like, oh, I'm just not very affectionate or I'm just not very touchy-feely or, you know, and, and certain people just don't like doing it. Um, is that learnt behaviour or choice or is that from upbringing or what 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 do we think on that as a whole because obviously George has said she's not a very cuddly person me on the other hand I'm literally like a cuddle monster and if I don't get it (laughs) in fact it's been breaking my heart over the last 18 months that I can't hug um it's actually been making me feel very very low it's, it's probably a bit of nurture and nature, to be honest. So we all process sensory information slightly differently in the same way that we see colours differently. We process all the information that comes through our senses in a different way. And different people, different children have a different tolerance for sort of sensory input. And, and some children can find it quite uncomfortable to have a lot of sensory stimulation, you know, whether that's a, a loud noise or indeed being touched. So some of it might be neurological and some of it's 
learnt behaviour of what we grow up with and what what feels normal because of course children are developing a pattern a template of what does a relationship feel like so if you're in a relationship where touching is is very common and happens all the time then that's imprinted on your brain and that's the relationship that you feel naturally fits with you because it's what you've experienced as you know all through your life so it's probably a bit of both nature and nurture what, yeah. why would we not why would we not want that now, this is just really interesting and I'll, I'll ask you this as well George because isn't it if it releases the love hormone and we're talking about how amazing that feels why would we not want that all the time why would we not want to do that all the time I don't I don't I don't get it that's just me well, I think, you know, the thing about parenting is it's not a one-way process. It's not something that we do to babies. It's a two-way process in the sense that, you know, if a baby is nice and calm or you're one of those lucky parents that gets a nice, calm baby, then they're easy to touch and you tend to mm. touch them. And then you get into a virtuous circle where they cry less, they sleep better, they're less stressed. That's brilliant for you as a parent. And you've got this wonderful virtuous circle. But babies are born with a temperament. They're not, you mm. know, a blank canvas. And some of them are very fractious and, you know, and quite difficult. And they tend to be a little bit irritable, which is a, you know, it's a psychological term, not the fact that they're just irritating us. And, and they can be quite hard to touch and to calm. So we don't learn that virtuous circle of calming them. So, you know, temperament plays a big part right. in the way that we parent. Mm. Yeah, that's so I interesting. I guess as well, like some people are, are very much, you need to let the baby settle themselves, self-settle self self-settle and so maybe some children just get used to you know getting themselves to sleep at night quite early on whereas you know you could have another child who has to you know have their hand held to be tickled to be cuddled um and I don't know I guess it's yeah it's down to the child because you know as parents we can raise our kids in exactly the same way and give them the same affection like I have it with Axel and Gigi Axel loves a cuddle like absolutely yeah he does doesn't he Gigi is like no no thanks like Axel is desperate to cuddle Gigi and I think she's probably let him cuddle her like twice <laughs> she's a bit of a diva though to be fair um, and also you and I have this chat don't we George about the fact that we we Anita this is quite interesting because we're not co-sleepers and actually no. we, we we understand the benefits of it we get it we really respect it but both Georgia and I chose not to do it but then when we want you know our kids to come into bed with us and have like <laughs> if they wake up early we like try and bring them in and they're like let's get the day started and we're like well, why can't you just spoon us and can you just not fall asleep with us and they just don't want to do it they don't know how they almost don't know how to do it yeah well, it's it's habit, isn't it? You know, yeah. children develop habits and patterns. I mean, the good news is that those can change. You know, they're never fixed. I think sometimes we think about, you know, attachment and things like, you know, co-sleeping and how that promotes attachment. And we think it's sort of a one thing that we need to do. And it's much more complicated than that. And even if you have one pattern of attachment that you've developed through childhood, as you get older, you can change that in the relationships that you have with other people. So you might not have had a lot of cuddles at home that doesn't mean to say you can't end up being a cuddly person yeah. so mm. it, it's not just sort of you know one moment in time is going to decide everything or one action yeah mm. and what about um like de developmental disorders like autism it, you know 
in some children maybe find it harder to to be touched and be and be cuddled and and that can feel uncomfortable and obviously I I mean I don't have an autistic child but I can imagine the impact that can have on a parent because it's almost like a natural thing isn't it to to nurture and bond with your child by cuddling them and touching them and how can you kind of build up that bond if that isn't something that your child feels comfortable doing. I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, the, that sort of avoidance of touch or that low tolerance for, for touch can be a sign of things like the autistic spectrum disorders, um, you know, or children who struggle with sensory overload. And they can, they can find touch either overwhelming or quite negative. So they might try and avoid it or, or react negatively to yeah. it. And as a parent, that's really hard. But I think what we do as parents and our real job is to tune into our individual child and it's that circuit of you know I do something my child reacts in a certain way I learn from that to do something differently so we find ways of that they might like to be touched so there are certain parts of the body that can be particularly um, sort of sensitive and we might learn to avoid those or you know we might learn that a, a pat on the head or a stroke of the hair is acceptable whereas they might not want to have a you know your, their arm stroked or certain people they might find it more comfortable to be touched with than others so I think it's a real learning process with every single child you know they're all unique what is the way that I can reach out to them and show that I care and that is going to be through a facial expression as well it's not necessarily going to be always through touch it's going to be talking it's going to be tone of voice all of those things come into play as well but I think we have to manage our own expectations and and as parents we sometimes can want our own emotional needs to be met by our children and and when they aren't meeting them then that can be quite disappointing and we can feel rejected but we we somehow we are the adults we have to manage that and think well I need to get that that feedback in in different ways and be flexible and and adaptable in in the way that we relate to children who've got particularly if they've got you know special needs of any sort. This is really fascinating I find this bit really interesting because I have to definitely check myself George I'm wondering if you do this as well if I say to Kit oh can I have a can I have a cuddle and he goes "Mm, nope and he just, he'll like run away and I'll go, please, can I have a hu- hug? And he'll be like, mm, no. And then he'll run off and then I'll find myself like doing this pathetic lip thing where I'm like, oh, give mummy a cut. And it's like, no, no, no. If he doesn't want to have a hug, that's absolutely yeah. fine. Doesn't mean he doesn't love me. I have to, re- it's, it's, it's a really weird instant sort of response from me, which I think, I don't think, is, I'm really learning. I'm trying to grow in that area because it does hurt me. And actually we get loads of messages from people going, look, my child has got maybe one parent that they favour um, and that they'll only go to to you know daddy at the door and it's all daddy 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 or vice versa and it's quite difficult to put your own like you said emotional needs to the side and just go actually just because I want a cuddle doesn't mean my child has to give me one on demand yeah do you know what I try and remember actually I was having a conversation with James in the kitchen the other day I actually feel really bad about this it's obviously stuck in my mind and I was doing something like I don't know putting the dishwasher on or like cleaning something yeah Yeah. and he came up behind me for a cuddle right who James did yeah and normally like I'd probably just turn around and give him a cuddle right but I obviously in this this time I kind of dismissed it and he was like oh are you okay and I was like yeah yeah no I'm fine do you know what I just I just don't want to be touched I just I'm, I'm in the zone I'm doing something it was almost like an interruption if you know what I mean and then I felt really bad was he hurt but 
yeah but obviously once I'd spoken to him and I was like listen I'm just uh, my mind's doing this thing and I wasn't expect like I wasn't expecting you to just come in and I'm in the middle of something and I think maybe like that's what like children they might be in the middle of a game like that's their version of working or doing whatever they're doing and then if you come up and you kind of like disturb them and cuddle them or you know or start tickling them they might find it annoying well I mean children's job is to play that's how they develop by interacting with the world and you know building their brains and that's a serious job it takes an awful lot of their resources you know when they're when they're in play and they can't do that thing not under about the age of four of stepping in your shoes so although they can see your wobbly lip and you know think oh well you know mummy's feeling something they can't really sort of be empathetic totally about that that's something that comes online a little bit later so they are quite self-centered naturally because their job is to build their brains and they do that through play so if you're interrupting play whether it's to get them to go to sleep or have dinner or have a cuddle and they're not interested they will turn around and say nope not now yeah yeah and, th- and that's <laughs> fine isn't it yeah because also we're talking about touch I mean how much do we all love going for a massage Oh, well, you say we, that. I've had an absolute oh, yeah. shocker in the last couple of weeks. I went for a massage and, I, and I've basically got like delayed onset muscular spasms in the back of my shoulders and neck. And I can bear, I literally, it's like I've got a neck brace on. I can't, I had the worst night's sleep of my life. So normal massages, yes. The one that I had on Monday afternoon, not so much. But it is no. great. You do feel good afterwards after coming out. Yes. I mean, sometimes I don't even feel like I want a massage. I feel like I just want someone to like sleep. stroke my <laughs> face or stroke my hair. And this. There's me going, oh, I'm not like a touchy-feely person, but I can think of nothing better than that. Like just mm. being like, why having my hair stroke to sleep? I mean, that mm. is just bliss. Why? Why is that? Stroking. If you, if there's research that shows that you can get a baby to smile more often if you stroke them than if you just stay still in your touch. So it's, you know, it's something that we do as parents, you know, quite instinctively. But also, if you're having problems bonding with a baby, by deliberately doing things like massage, you can kind of promote bonding if there's been any interruption to it or any reason why it didn't happen. So it's a really well-researched method for promoting um, bonding. It's just stroking. It's so powerful. Now, I think for both Georgia and I, we are always um, really amazed about how Nivea kind of position their campaigns like really thought-provoking stuff this one for us though super important because you know as you know we've got f- five young kids between us um so uh, their hashtag care for human touch initiative is like it's just super important and i think not only for kids but for us as well as humans and adults that have spent the last 18 months staying away from each other anything that we can do to kind of raise the awareness to get back to hugging again it's really important for us isn't it as grown-ups too i know that during the winter months when you know when I get into bed and I've got my PJs on although people listening to this will know that I don't wear pajamas because <laughs> you know I just find that interruption of clothes it it, it it does something else some people like to do it I don't like to do it and when I don't do it I feel so much more sort of I don't know alive I guess like you said it promotes that love hormone and so when you've got two people skin on skin together it's like a really lovely feeling isn't it I do feel different day to day and you get so much information through your skin, you know. So you, you know, in terms of being in bed and feeling all that information from your skin that perhaps when we've got clothes on, we sort of switch mm. that off in our brains. But babies use that to work out where their limbs are. You know, literally that, you know, when a baby's born, you know what they're like. They hit themselves in the face and scratch themselves yeah. accidentally because mm. they've got no control at all. So 
when they sort of experience any sort of touch through the skin, that goes into a feedback loop with their brain that tells them, where is my hand? Where mm. do I end? It's what we call, you know, um, their sense of self. You know, this is who I am. This is where my body is. And that we are we get so much information through our skin. But as adults, we learn to tune it out. We don't really focus on it at all. Mm. Um, and we stop thinking about it and we prioritize what we can see and what we can hear instead. And isn't it amazing that um, if it, isn't it fascinating? Yeah, it, it, isn't it amazing as well though? And I wanted to get Anita's view on this because um, it's it's very much in our in our house that if one of the kids you know falls over or bumps themselves, like I'll rush over and I'll you know rub their skin, give them a kiss, and you know on the place. Oh, my knees hurt. I'll kiss, let me kiss my knee better. And I, my husband's like, oh no no no, just up you get crack on crack on. I'm like no no no, like we need to show them that and. Uh, that we're there and that we care and that we're supporting them and loving them in that moment. Whereas Dozer, my husband thinks, oh no, 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 that you're just making them probably a bit soft if you do that. Isn't it interesting? Yeah, like the programming behind it. I know. thing. I know. And then it's, yeah, it's weird. Do you hear that I a lot? Like, yeah, I mean, there is a conflict on what we should do. I mean, to- toddlers identify who their special people are by the people who touch them the most. So in general, that tends to be parents, but it also might be, you know, other caregivers, grandparents, you know, or yep. childminders, whoever. But those are the people they will turn to if they're scared. It's the people they associate with touching them the most because the touch is what will stop them feeling scared. So right. it might well be that, you know, they've just fallen over and it's not a big deal and, you know, not at reacting to that with attention because attention can, you know, amplify a situation sometimes from a parent. But if there's any fear and we can normally tell the difference or you know that that intensity of the way they're crying then you know of course we should we should meet that need without a doubt um I mean maybe not if they're they're 18 already um but (laughs) there's a time when it stops (laughs) toddlers oh yeah it's do you know what it is so it's so fascinating like I'm just gonna think about I don't know I guess I'm gonna be so much more aware of my skin touching things now and and what it does and for you as well George yeah yeah it's just yeah it's fascinating you can do a little mindfulness exercise which is really good which is just to sit still it's lovely to do it in the summer because we tend not to have you know quite so many clothes on and just sit still maybe with the window open or outside close your eyes and just focus on what can I feel through my skin Um, and it might be you can feel the chair you might be able to feel clothes you might be able to feel the wind you know or the air or cold air or anything and it's a way of bringing yourself really into the present and getting back to getting all that information um, that we don't realize we're getting through our skin it's a lovely little exercise and oh yeah I really like the sound of that and I also really like um, putting back into our skin and making our skin you know we always comment don't we when our hands are dry and especially during this whole pandemic having to use so much anti-back and you know I look down at my hands and I think oh god they look like they're I'm 80 years old and you know but once you start putting love back into your skin and it feels better you feel better it's like self-care isn't it for for skincare for self-care yeah one of the interesting things I think about about touch is that for it's also part of communication. So particularly, you know, when babies are really little, they, you know how when they're first born, if you put your hand, your finger into their hand, they will automatically grab it. Yes. It's called a, a grasp reflex. So 
the, I mean, the, we, we, there are reasons why they do that, that go all the way back to evolution and, and having to hang from trees. But it has this lovely effect in that when babies respond to a touch, even if it's accidental, they didn't, it's not intentional, we think that's an act of communication. So as an adult, we respond to that and we think, oh, look, you know, she loves me or she's, she's holding me, even if that's not what they intend. And babies start to learn from that really first moment that when I touch, in particular ways I get a response from my adult from my parent and they learn that's communication because communication is basically I do something you do something I do something you do something from the earliest moment we're actually promoting their ability to talk by touching them and by reacting and smiling when they touch us because we're we're giving them that pattern I do something you do something I do something yeah. you do something and it, it's such a powerful um part of communication and part of social skills and it does connect to our emotions um so that sense of self-care of you know I get children who are a little bit worried to self-soothe by rubbing their hands so that they do almost like self-massage and you can you can do that with lotion if you want or just you know getting them to touch themselves but getting them to use touch as a soothing mechanism because we associate it so much with with relaxation and care yeah gosh I mean do you know what I'm so excited for our kids and for all of us to reconnect with mm. the art of human touch again yep. just all I had this whole conversation just sparking so much you know and just how important it is and and also as well to kind of savor all you know all of those interactions like what you know when you do get to hug your mom like savor mm. it you know like really feel it really think about what it's doing like really connect to the emotions that it's mm. sparking I'm just excited for our kids to get back to that again and I yeah. just think we don't realize how much we've missed it until like we're back in and thinking about it again mm. and also promoting kind of healthy relationships between you know people listening and their partners whatever that, that looks like. like we always joke about it in our house but we have a naked house and it's like you know, there is something to be said about coming down to the kitchen and seeing Dozer with his kit off, like in a nice way, because he's just like, he's promoting that sort of freedom of being, he loves it. He absolutely loves it. And it's encouraged me to do it more. And so for the kids don't have hung ups, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like yeah. you said, Anita, you get, you get back to nature. You, you're all your, of your sort of senses come alive and you really do feel more, I think. So get your clothes off and let's have a good summer, shall we? That's the... <laughs> That's what I say. Uh, Anita, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Because I feel like we could talk to you forever about this, but uh, I'm realising that time's ticking on. It is. Uh, the only one thing I would say is, um, and this is a fact that is not well known at all, is that when you look at children's vocabulary, the words that they learn the most, so children who learn a particular set of words or the first words that they learn or children who've got a wide vocabulary, we often see that they learnt that word when it was accompanied by touch. So if children also have got touch and hearing a word, they learn it quicker. And that I didn't know until yeah. I started doing research around this area. Never knew that. And I was fascinated by that, that it's often touch and learning words go together. So 
yeah, take that one away and try, do an wow. experiment on your children. And maybe that's why we've, you know, on Made by Mummers, we've had so many messages with parents being concerned about their child's speech development. And yeah. if there has been less human interaction and human touch, perhaps that's like the direct correlation. It could be. I also just think they've had fewer people to interact with. Yes. You know, yeah. not having the variety of people because different people have different conversations. You use different words for different people. So just not having those different different kind of settings and places and relationships just narrows things down a bit and and the thing about development is we want it to be as wide and as varied and as rich as possible in terms of the experiences that children have because that gets plugged right into their brains so we want them to have a really wide variety of experiences and and that's what I'm excited about is just kids being able to do more things, more different things, having a wider variety and and getting from that everything they need to help develop themselves. So Anita, we want to say a massive, massive thank you for coming on today um, and talking to us all about touch. I feel like both Georgia and I and hopefully everybody listening has learned so much and uh, everyone's very excited for all the cuddling that's going to be taking place uh, going (laughs) forward. And of course, Nivea uh, specifically wants to raise awareness and inspire everyone to include more human touch in everyday life in a post-pandemic world. So that is going to be our mission. Uh, Anita, thanks again. It's been absolutely lovely. I've really enjoyed it today. Brilliant. Thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed it too. God, do you know what? I I know we always say this when we have an expert on, but until you take a step back and you talk about something like touch and the importance of skin, you know, feeling your skin against different things, you don't realise how important it is and how much it impacts your everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're not one of those people necessarily, which is absolutely fine, that's maybe been brought up around it or, you know, like we've said before, you might not be that into it, then, you you know, you, you kind of don't see anything else. Like it's just the norm for you, isn't it? But when you break it down and you hear Anita saying, you know, even just going and sitting outside and, you know, Mm. kind of feeling the chair against your leg or feeling the sun on your skin or the breeze on your face and things like that, all the senses that we just sometimes forget about, it really invigorates you. It makes you feel alive. I mean, I know when I'm in Kenya and I'm at mum's house and I can just dangle my feet in the pool and I've got the sun on my skin. It's just like hair. It's like dreamy. Absolutely dreamy. Basically, I just want to be on holiday. So Yeah, and I think that's the point, isn't it? Like, everyone has their own sort of interpretation of mm. what it, what the importance of human touch is to them so it could just be like you know a, a little cuddle or someone stroking their face or or touching their face or yeah. you know something like that 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 could spark more of an emotion than a huge cuddle for like yep. 10 minutes or whatever yeah it's just all about working out you know who likes what and who doesn't and the boundaries and all that kind of stuff and I think it's going to come up more so now that people haven't had so much human interaction Um, it's going to be about breaking those boundaries those boundaries down again (laughs) slowly slowly catchy monkey yeah that's the phrase isn't it got that right (laughs) yeah something is something like that (laughs) (laughs) yes and as we know Nivea cares beyond skin find out about Nivea's hashtag care for human touch initiative and massive thank Thank you to the team at Nivea for sponsoring today's podcast. Uh, As always, we would love you to rate, review, subscribe or follow the podcast. And we love seeing your photos. 
we do please tag us in your photos we love to see what you're doing where you're listening who you're listening with and of course if you know anyone who's not listening and they're pregnant or they've got children already please send them our way and if you have any suggestions for episodes just drop us a dm we're on at made by mamas or on zoe's own channel at zoe harpin and we'll be back on friday